Hello everyone and welcome back to the 343 Football Podcast. It's your host Jaffa and I'm joined by Qudama. Hello. Daoud. Hiya. And Ali. Happy Easter you filthy animals. Absolutely. <laughs> so what we'll do this week, I mean, we sort of broke the pattern last week by doing a, a how to fix for Newcastle United, a, a, new, a new series, and we'll continue that again this week. So I've made my trivia question a, th- a theme to the league of the club that we're going to discuss, so I'll, I'll get straight into it. The question that I want to ask you guys is, all season, there's been hype about Lewandowski breaking the Jerd Muller record for most goals in a league campaign in Germany. But what is that goal uh, amount? Like, how many goals is the record? 40. Straight 40 away, Kodama nails it. And I think that's your second correct answer. I think it might be leading, mm. to be honest. I think I am, yeah. yeah. Um, My guy. Which is so who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, 40 goals in a... In a league season where there's only 34 matches a season is insane. So Lewandowski has an untimely knee injury. Otherwise, I think he was pretty much going to break it like maybe in a couple more match days. But um, we'll, we'll see if he manages to do it when he comes back. Yeah, he'll probably come back and score two super hat-tricks and call it a season. Probably. Yeah. That guy's just a ridiculous player. I think when they cancelled uh, the Ballon d'Or because of the pandemic, it was, obviously the, pan- the Ballon d'Or is not like the be-all or end-all of a footballer, but really he should have won it, shouldn't he, last season? Like that was oh, for him. 100%. Without doubt. So he's an example of someone succeeding in Germany at the moment, but the club we're going to talk about is absolutely far from that, and it is Schalke 04. Now, I want to sort of run it through why Schalke's doing so badly. Uh, you know, first of all, they've only won one game in the season, and that is something that Derby County have done in the Premier League, so they don't want that tag on their record. I'm not sure if anyone else has done it in Germany, but not only that. It's one win in their last 43 league matches. Now, you know how every time you sit down and watch your team, it's like a fresh new 90 minutes. You know, you just want to say, are you going to win? And it's going to dic- dictate your mood for the rest of the weekend. Schalke fans have had to sit down 43 separate occasions, watch 90 minutes of their team. And only once in those 43 times, they've actually been able to be happy because their team won the game. That, that's just insane. I mean, I can only imagine the depression their fans are going through. Um you know, the, the win itself was actually really weird. It was a 4-0 victory against uh, Hoffenheim. Uh, like, out of nowhere, can you imagine? Like, you're struggling, you're struggling, you're struggling. And then the one win that you do get isn't even, like, a shithouse victory. It's a 4-0 one. There's even... Um, they were, I think when they got that victory, they were one match away from, tie, uh, I think, either tying or beating the all-time winless record in, in Bundesliga, held by Tasmania Berlin, who no longer even exist. So they were about to... <laughs> Become worse than a club that went defunct in 1973. So, I mean, I've sort of laid down some things about Schalke there, and you can already tell all of it was pretty depressing just to, just to say it out loud. So, it's it's a club that we're going to talk about today and see, you know, where their issues stem from, why are they doing so badly, and sort of look into what they can do to turn it around. I mean, I know that one of us is is quite fond of Schalke, not necessarily a supporter, but you could call it like having a soft spot for them. I know that you quite like them, Ali. So, what have you made of the sort of the troubles they've been having lately? Oh, mate, it's like it's like supporting Newcastle United. That's how it feels, you know. <laughs> um, what else can I really say? You know, um, you know, I was born in Newcastle, but I don't support Newcastle at all. So this kind of feels like like the the football gods are trying to. Punishes, I guess. Does that make sense? You know, not support my home team and there's a team which I kind of like in Schalke and they're just getting slapped around in the Bundesliga left, right and centre. And it's, <laughs> yeah, because it's Ali, painful. you're the centre of the world, aren't you? Yeah. 
<laughs> what does what that point, mate? I'm just saying, like, I've given my opinion. Is it, have, I, have I killed someone? Have I ran down the street naked? Freaking hell, mate. Okay, okay, like, okay. okay. It's interesting that you were you just set me up so well. naked with murder, though. That, that's, a, that's an interesting Yeah, hey, come on, man. You know, <laughs> well, well, Schalke have been getting murdered in the Bundesliga, let's be honest. You know, um, they're, they're a giant enough club. You know, they've played in semi finals against Manchester United. They've won pl- multiple trophies. They had the infamous 97 98 season where they won a UEFA Cup the same season. Dortmund won the Champions League. So, like, Germany conquered Europe that season in particular. So it's it's horrible to see what they're going through, and what's probably hit them most is the pandemic. And obviously, with the fifty plus one rule, obviously applying to the Bundesliga clubs, um, it's affecting Schalke the most because they're quite stubborn and they don't really get as much financial income from other places like yeah. Wolfsburg. Like they get it from Volkswagen or Bayer Leverkusen, get it from Bayer the actual pharmaceutical company pharmaceutical company so yeah that's what i can really say yeah. on the club right now i mean of, of course and as you say there's such a like a, a storied club that what they're going through right now is it's pretty sad to see and i think relegation is pretty much uh, inevitable i don't think there's anyone who even thinks that they have a chance of staying up so the first sort of area i want to look at obviously we're going to get into the team the manager and the players later on but let's look at the leadership first so in the news, it's been quite documented in recent weeks that they wanted to get someone in charge to be their new sporting director. So the the, the guy who was in charge initially, uh, Joachim Snyder, obviously not doing a very good job, you know, everything that's been happening, those 43 games that I've mentioned. And they offered it to uh, two two people. There was uh, Marcus Krosch, who is the RB Leipzig sporting director, and then the, probably a more famous name for football fans, which is Ralph Ragnick, who was linked with AC Milan last year before they decided to stick with Pioli after he did so well. And uh, obviously Schalke maybe saw an opportunity there that he was available. The The initial talks actually went pretty positively. I think there was some, some reports saying that he agreed to take over the role, but then it broke down and he said, I couldn't really see myself in that uh, in that role. And they've had to do an internal hire for their youth development, a, a man named Peter Nabel. So I wanted to ask you, Kudama, like, is, is this where you start when you try to fix a club, not necessarily with the manager or the squad, but the, the leadership has to be right first. So are they... Uh, you know, in your opinion, is this internal hire just going to sort of lead to more of the same, like by failing to get Rangnick? Uh, in normal circumstances, uh, yeah, definitely. But when your team has gone close to 40 games uh, winless and, you know, are looking like the heading towards relegation full steam ahead, you should probably aim to uh, fix things on the pitch as quick as possible. Uh, you know, maybe this will help help them, you know, when they try to uh, regain promotion back to the Bundesliga straight away. I mean, it's it's crazy to think of a team like Schalke even being in the Bundesliga too. They haven't been outside of the top division since, I think, before most of us were born. Um, yeah, that United won. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if this uh, appointment, you know, proves to be a fruitful one later down the line. But like you say, yeah. it's, I w- it's not where I would start when the on-field performance is as such, really. I mean, you're absolutely right to say that because there is something about their on-field performances where they're not just losing. But I looked up the stats and almost half of their games this season, they've lost by three goals or more. So you can see that there's probably such a lack of motivation and such a demoralising atmosphere that the players can't even bring it like on, onto the pitch, not necessarily to even win games, but to make them close, to fight for the badge, to, to get a draw here and there. They're just losing in, in a sort of a disgraceful way. So... I don't know, Dowd, I just wanted to ask, like, do you think a, a huge part of their problem is also sort of 
squad morale. Like once you're sort of down in the dumps, it's really hard to get out of it. Um, not just from like, um, you know, signing new players in January and getting a boost to the squad, but just the overall feel of the club is so bad that it's, it just sort of feels like relegation is going to be the, the low point that they have to sort of reach and then things will get better. So do you think that the, it is right now, like for them, you know, a winless streak means they've just got no confidence at all and it just gets worse and worse? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I can't imagine how many times the manager every week has to come in and say, you know, this is the week that we turn it. This is the week that you you guys will show us, show everybody, you know, you, you, you know, you want to stay in the Bundesliga. And like you said, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're, they're losing most of their matches by more than three goals. In March, they lost against Gladbach 3-0, Wolfsburg 5-0. Previous month before that, Dortmund 4-0. I mean, Stuttgart, I think they, they literally started the, the league campaign losing 8-0 and then 4-0 to Bayern Munich and Leipzig. So, Yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, what, can, what, can you say, um, what can you say to the players after so many weeks of losing and losing so badly? Uh, you know, you'll have to get fresh faces out because. I mean, no, of course. I mean, sometimes if you look in sports in general, not just even football. So, what what some sort of institutions like to do is bring in sports psychologists to address a long-standing issue in terms of losing. So, like for example, right now Newcastle are on a run of, um, you know, I think it's two wins in twenty-one games or something like that, and you can sense that. Like even now, when we're putting a good performance against Tottenham, you don't, you don't get the win. As a fan, it, I'm still like, you know, I, I want to be happy with a nice fight back draw against Tottenham, uh, but the the circumstances don't need you to. And and we've had even more toxic uh, losing runs in the past under Pardew and, and things like that, where the fans were really giving it, um, um, you know, a lot of toxic uh, atmosphere and stands. Obviously, Imagine living in that, yeah. living living that, and going home, and then com- coming to training and having losses, and then looking at the leaderboard and. Having the news against you, I mean, look at uh, the the defenders, Mustafi and Klasenac. They they came from um, a losing team, absolute pressure from everywhere they looked, from the fans, from the board, from the manager, and now they're in Schalke, where they're not doing any better. And no matter how many psychologists you come in, you need to basically say, look, you're not good enough for the, um, you know, for the top, the 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 top of the leagues. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe in the second division is where these guys are more suited. Yeah, I mean, sometimes getting relegated can be a springboard for like re- renewing literally everything, like a confidence point of view, winning games, things like that. Other times, you've got stories like the Sunderland one where you can get back to back relegations. So I don't know what what the future holds for Schalke, but obviously they've got a lot of things that they need to consider. Which which moves me on to uh, sort of the next thing we're going to look at because. What about the shape of the club in terms of their financial, uh, you know, financial position? Are they in a position to sort of splash the cash, build build like the best squad in the second uh, division, and come straight back up? Well, I mean, the headlines are that they're two hundred million euros in debt. Their revenues are falling because of, as we said before, due uh, to COVID, lack of crowds, and uh, there was also a decline in their broadcasting income. Which I'm not really too sure how they. I know that in the Premier League you get equal distribution and then there's a little bit extra based on your televised games. I'm not too sure how it's uh, set up in Germany. But obviously Schalke's uh, declining with their broadcasting income as well. Uh, their, their chief financial officer uh, left the club uh, last summer. And uh, you, you know what they've done lately as well? And this is something that I see more with League One clubs and League Two clubs, is they've had to get some sort of uh, funding by sponsors who just sort of came in and gave them a little injection like a six million euro injection from uh, two companies. One of them is a cleaning company. The other one's some sort of like food processing company. So those aren't the sort of um, 
like these these type of news stories are the type that would uh, drive a share price down in the stock market if, if you're talking about an organization. So, Ali, do you think that w- with that in mind, uh, Schalke is facing a really tough road to recovery, that they're not really in the healthiest position there? Oh, for sure. No, I totally agree with that. You know, imagine getting fun enough for a cleaning company. Like, you'll be like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> you know, and this this isn't Chelsea Football Club of a... You know, with a team with a lot of money and have no history. This is Schalke. You know, this is one of the football giants of Germany. Like, I'm not trying to take a piss out of Chelsea, but Schalke is respected in Germany and they're the second biggest, like, the most supported club in Germany themselves. And going through that, it's, it's quite disappointing. And that's not just the only issue. It's just, it's also how they've spent the money when, while they're, while their income, you know, they've, they've sold players like Neuer. They've got rid of Draxler. They've got rid of Sane, you know, have they spent the money well? And when players have left on a free transfer, such as Matip, you know, went to Liverpool, Kolasinac, yeah, he wasn't quality, but if they could have sold him a couple of years earlier, you know, could have got some money for him. And everyone's Max Meyer, you know, the list can go on and on and on. Leon Goretzka it's as just, well. Goretzka is another one. Goretzka, um, there was another one. The, the Schalke goalkeeper, is it Nubel? I couldn't remember his yeah, name. He's yeah, went to Bayern as well. Yeah, Bayern on a free transfer. Just on looked. a loan. Kabak went to you guys. Yeah, but yeah, but now John Joe Kenny was just like, a, it was a one-year loan from Everton. Now well, he's Weston McKenney. Weston McKenney. Weston McKenney, okay. I thought you were saying John Joe Kenny. I do apologise. Um, yeah, that's another example. You know, they've just let players go and yeah. they haven't really invested the money as they should really, and with these like free Bosman transfers, Schalke could have done way better. You know, it's just it's it's run really badly. You know, yeah. I thought Newcastle United was run bad, but nah, man. No, Sch- Schalke's Schalke's worse. Schalke's I, I worse, that, man. Yeah, I say you that, say straight, that but it's kind of unravelled yeah. really quickly. I mean, didn't they finish runner-up as recently as you know the seventeen, yeah, really seventeen, eighteen season? They were in the Champions League uh, round of sixteen just two seasons ago. And, you know, their latest, like their most recent trophy, which is the um, DFB Pokal, wasn't even that long ago. It was in 2011, I believe, back um, where they made it, I think, to the Champions League semi-finals yeah. as well. So you're talking about a complete, denial, like, you know, unraveling yeah. of a club in, in the span of a decade. It's, it's quite hard to believe, honestly. Yeah. It just shows the impact that the pandemic has had on... Not just the lower league clubs where you've seen so many have, you know, gone bankrupt now. But, you know, who knows down the line how many more situations like Schalke we will see. Yeah. And like Ali pointed out at the start of the podcast, you know, the, is this one major drawback of the 51-49 rule? Whereas clubs like, you know, out, outside of that uh, op, like method of operation in Europe can, can survive based on the philanthropy of the, you know, rich owners. But what I was saying before is with the pandemic is obviously it had so many effects on different clubs, but it's affected Schalke because they've just been that stubborn and even the fans uh, wanted refunds and obviously on their tickets and their season tickets or whatnot. And, yeah. you know, some some fans had to show proof that they needed to pay their utility bills. Imagine going to the actual football club and asking money, money back from them and Schalke sometimes refuse, refuse and give the money back. It's yeah. it's a bit of a disgrace. You just Crazy. you just be like a a powerhouse of a club, like yeah. just fall from grace, and it's it's quite upsetting. Um, I don't know what else to say on it. No, to be honest, I think your point and Kudema's point like sort of uh, tie hand in hand. But I think yeah. what you mentioned before 
about the the sort of what they've missed out on a transfer revenue based on those players not being renewed and then sold at a high price. I think that's that's a massive killer of the club. Like, if you think about the type of talent that has left Schalke on a free transfer, they, that's like maybe 100 million to 130 million in transfer fees that they've missed out on. And I, I think I'm being conservative as well because some they've, they've lost some world class talent. Uh, you mentioned the names before, like Sane and Goretzka, uh, you know, and, and Neuer as well. So it's for me, Schalke. I, I just don't understand at the boardroom level when they're looking at these top players that they've got. They're not thinking of, you know, when they're in good form and there's like two years left on the contract. Let's let's renew an extension, a, a one year extension or a two year extension. Then you can sell them at the end of the season for uh, twenty, thirty million. Like this is the most basic line of thinking. Like how have they managed to uh, lose so many players on a free? And I think that's unforgivable, to be honest, from a boardroom level uh, point of view. No, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I just want to add a bit more to that. You know, obviously that can cover some of the 200 million, million euro debt they have. On top of that, they've built, obviously, you know, a top quality train facility centre where, you know, it's the second most expensive in the whole, whole of the world. Man City's train centre is obviously the most expensive which was built. And Schalke's came second. Even Liverpool's new AXA training centre, uh, it cost half that, 50 million. So it's just like, why are you investing money there when you're in debt already? I just don't get it. Yeah, absolutely. So there's even like financial decision making is, is an Achilles heel, isn't it? So if they're not doing the right thing at the right time, then uh, they're going to suffer. So what Qadam I mentioned before about them unraveling really quickly. Yes, it is a bit of a shock in that respect. But it's all I bet you a Schalke fan, if they were uh, maybe pot taken in the podcast, would probably tell us, you know, that they saw it coming just based on the decisions that were being taken at the time. Yes, they might have been. Uh, finishing runner-up in the league, but you know it's uh, it, it, they weren't operating like a club ready for sustained success, and, and look what's happened now. So, it, which brings us on to our, sort of the next point we're going to look at, which is the management of the club in terms of the you know the manager of the team rather than a higher level. So, Qadami, you mentioned before they finished runners-up. That was under the guidance of uh, Domenico Tedesco in seventeen eighteen. Now, finishing runners-up, it, it might sound impressive, but it was the team that year was more the defence first. I think they only scored uh, 53 goals, which was the fewest in the top six in the league. So even though they were second, they, everyone else in the top six scored more than them. But they had the second best defensive record after Bayern, conceding just 37. So I guess you could call him a Tesco value Mourinho Tedesco, uh, you know, for, <laughs> for, for him being that sort of manager. But again, that wasn't a sustainable success and he had a really poor start to the following season and ended up getting replaced. But... There was, I think, Tedesco, his one crowning moment was completely against his uh, style of football. Uh, when they were 4-0 down against Dortmund and they made a 4-4 comeback, obviously, you can imagine how, how amazed the fans were by that. But, it, you know, under a manager who barely gets goals, for him to, to uh, get a comeback in a 4-4 was amazing. What, there was actually something unique in that as well. They, um, the Bundesliga gave him uh, sort of a player of the week award. Obviously, it's supposed to be for a player, but he got it as a manager for managing to mastermind a 4-0 comeback against Dortmund. But I think um, ever since then, it's just been a, a sort of uh, down one path, which is down for, for Schalke, unfortunately. they've they've ever Since uh, Tedesco, they've had five managers, right? And they've all been this season. So this season, his replacement, David Wagner, left. And they've had a couple of other names come in. None of them have lasted. Uh, that's the record for most game. managers in one season in the Bundesliga, actually, so... You know, there they're, you they're setting so the wrong kind of yeah. records all. I'm surprised Chelsea haven't had had that record, personally speaking. But you know, well, it's a it's a Bundesliga only record. But I'm sure Chelsea, you know, you know, they might even have that record as well, given their revolving door policy. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing about this uh, in terms of how to fix a club and the managerial instability, if you have that many managers in a season, it's never going to be good. You're most likely going to be relegated. When when Newcastle went down in 2009, it started with Kevin Keegan and then it was Chris Hewton as caretaker. Then they brought in Joe Kinnear out of nowhere. Then he had ill health. Like He wasn't even sacked. It was his ill health. He couldn't continue the season. So they had to bring in um, uh, Alan Shearer and Ian Dowie Dream Team for the last eight games. It was just an insane set of circumstances for us and a lot of it was shambolic. And it seems like Schalke is going through something similar at the moment and, and relegation is going to be their reward. So in, in terms of the manager, the, the one that they have at the moment, uh, let me just get his name for you guys. Dimitrios uh, Gramotis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wanted to read it because I couldn't. I forgot how to pronounce it, but we'll, we'll go with what Khadema said. So he's, he's a relatively uh, inexperienced manager, to be honest. Like This is only his second full-time managerial role. Uh, after guiding Darmstadt to fifth in the second uh, division last season. Um, obviously, he, it's not much of a CV, and they're, they're probably just waiting to see what happens. There. Apparently, he's been focusing on the youth. He's just bringing academy players in now, and I think that it's a sign of a club who's just sort of trialling who, who they can rely on in the second division rather than caring too much about the Bundesliga status at the moment. Um, so, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I've got a couple of other managers in mind. Unless, did any of you look into him and think he could be potentially their permanent hire? No, man, he he, he needs to be replaced, man. You, you need you need someone with a bit more experience than this guy. Who have you got lined up for them? I've I've got a few in mind. I want to see what you've got first. See if you know if we go down the same. All right, same I, can, I can go I first if he's on. If he... yeah, go, on. go on. I don't mind. Well, the obvious one is um, you know to bring back Ralph Ragnick uh, uh, to the dugout. You know, he's, they've had arguably their most uh, successful, the most recent successful period under him. You know, if you can bring him back, it's a guy who knows the club. He can draw on that legendary status like we've seen the trend around Europe and, and revitalizes the team straight away. He comes in, commands respect. Um, you know, that's I feel like that's the obvious boring answer if you, like, for Schalke fans probably. Another one that um, I don't know how much you guys think of this one, but, um, you know, with Marco Rose uh, on his way to Dortmund, um, I'm not sure because obviously Dortmund and Schalke are rivals, you know, the Riviera Derby and all that. But Terzic from mm-hmm. Dortmund, you know, he's a young manager, wants to prove himself. Uh, maybe he could go to, across the river and, and see if he can bring Schalke back up straight away, you know, learn a straight in a lower league, a lot less pressure maybe. And I don't know, I figured that might have been a, you know, possible, possible. I'd job. like that. You know what? That that'd be a good, that that'd be something good. You know, it, it'll be it'll be like you know when you watch like a UFC fight wrestling, you have the heel and you have this full-on gimmick on. You could have like a full-on gimmick being like, you know what? Dortmund got rid of me. I'm a screw you over with Schalke. <laughs> or you could do a job for Dortmund yeah. and, and just like take Schalke further down. It's a bit hypocritical for me, you know, because uh, I hate our manager right now, who was a former Sunderland manager, and you know that's one thing I hated about him. So I don't know how you know Schalke fans would take to that appointment. Maybe you'll see it as a bit of a, a bit of a Judas appointment. But um, yeah. the third option I had uh, is one from left field. It's one from I guess closer to home. Is uh, Graham Potter? I, f- I feel like uh, if Brighton go down, you know he's an English manager that's quite rare in that he's been abroad already and he's found success. You know what he did at Sweden, and uh, you know if he if he doesn't manage to save off rele- relegation with Brighton which which he probably will anyway but if he doesn't um you know a club as big as Schalke might tempt him to move away from you know the south coast yeah i think you've um, you've mentioned there that the condition of probably happens if if Brighton go down Schalke have got a better chance of getting him 
But I think if Brighton stays up, I think he'll be thinking, well, I've consolidated myself as a Premier League manager now. I don't want to go to the second division, even if it is abroad. So I think he'll probably look at the Schalke job as being beneath him if he stays up with Brighton, which I think is pretty much a certainty, to be honest, the way they're playing at the moment. I know that they just lost their last match, but they've been in good form when they're finally turning it around. But it is, I think it's an exciting suggestion all the same because Graham Potter's like, as you say, to be honest, I always really like it when English managers try their hand abroad and English players as well, which which leads me to my suggestion. The first suggestion I've got for Schalke is Steve Bruce. But that's because I want to get oh. <laughs> I want to get rid of him, man. I, 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 it's like, no. you know when like you, you've got an item in your house that you just don't want anymore, so you'll try and flog it on eBay for like 20 pence. That, that's, what I, that's what I want with Steve Bruce. Just anyone take him, please take him away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got, di- got a different suggestion for you. How about um, not, uh, Daniel Falk goes to Schalke, Norwich takes Steve Bruce. How does that sound? I'll take that. Yeah, any sort yeah, of any that fits of the uh, requirements yeah. of just getting rid of Bruce. Yeah. So yeah. Any yeah. Are you happy with that? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If Steve Bruce wants to leave uh, to Norwich, uh, you know, he's more than welcome. So, uh, yeah, it's just a bit of a joke suggestion, really. To be honest, the other there's only two names that I really could think of. The first one, he's actually managed them before, but he hasn't managed in about three years, and his last posting was in China, which is Felix McGath. Obviously, he's. Uh, I feel like McGath is a bit of a meme in England because of um, when he came to Fulham and the whole thing with uh, getting Brida Hangeland to treat his injury by putting some cheese on it or something like that. But, you know, what you forget about McGath is he was the man in charge when they had their really, really deep run in the Champions League in 2011. Obviously, I think Schalke fans would probably look at that time really fondly. They were doing great in the league, great in the Champions League, and, and they were amongst Europe's best clubs at that time. And, and he was the man responsible for that. Obviously, I think it, today is the 10-year anniversary of the Dejan Stankovic uh, half, halfway line goal. Wasn't Ralph um, Ragnick managing by that point? I think McGath had left. I, I be- and- no, I believe... Yeah, Ma- McGath left and Ragnick came in. That's what happened. No, I think McGath was in charge between 2009 and 2011. But- yeah, Ragnick was in charge oh. afterwards. Oh, I beg your pardon. But, you know, he was still part of the, their foundation in, in that period of the club. So, uh, I think for him, if he's still got the energy to do it and if he's still sort of up to date with modern football, then it's another shout. And and my final one is probably a tad unrealistic for Schalke, but it depends on whether they can use their status as one of Germany's top clubs to secure him, uh, which is Pellegrino Matarazzo. Now, he's been doing wonders with Stuttgart. He got them promoted last season, and they're one of uh, Bundesliga's like sort of surprise packages this year. They've they've done better than expected as a promoted club, and and he's received a lot of plaudits. And the reason I know him quite well is that he was my assistant manager on FM when I did my Newcastle <laughs> save on FM20. And uh, I think I kept him for about 15 years in, like, in the seasons that I did. Always solid advice. He never he never told me that we'd be an over in the midfield. So already <laughs> I knew he was special. And <laughs> But yeah, I mean, for, for him to take a step back to go to Schalke, maybe he'll, again, a, a little bit similar to Graham Potter, I suppose, thinking, why should I? But then, you know, you always see it, don't you, sometimes when managers or players take a step down from a club that's doing better than a traditionally bigger club, but because that club is bigger in the traditional sense, they've got sort of the pull to get that that manager. So uh, you never know. I mean, it, it could be something that works out for them. But either way, I think I think Ali, you're right. They they need to. I mean, unless by some miracle he turns into like the next Pep Guardiola, this, this current manager they've got is probably not going to be the one in the long run, is he for, for them? I I thought they they set him up for you know the the eventuality that they are going to you know be relegated. So why don't why don't they put project get uh, get promoted again and started right now and that's that was my take on this um, 
appointment. Um, he, he, he's relatively yeah. new. He he needs to get his uh, footprint on it. Why not get the footprint on it now and see which uh, weeds he needs to um to kill and uh, which plants he needs to sow. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's definitely an idea and I'm sure the management are considering it. You know, we, when we went down, we stuck with Chris Hewton at the time. He he had never been a full-on head coach at the time. He was just an assistant, really. And it, prov- it proved to be the springboard for his managerial career, which has been pretty decent. You know, he's turned himself into one of those solid uh, promotion championship managers and not quite. he's not quite there at the Premier League level, I would say. He's, he's usually good just for about trying to stay up. But, uh, you know, you're right, though. It can work out sometimes for a manager who they give him a chance in the second division and, and things go well from there. But that, that brings us on nicely to, to the next segment, actually, because if let's say that he was in charge or whoever's going to be in charge, that squad that's going down probably needs some improvement. So in, in the Newcastle segment, we, we, we gave a 50 million transfer budget. So we'll do a similar sort of thing again. But we'll obviously look at the, you know, the Schalke squad is full of really young players and then really old players like they've got uh you know Klassian Hunter they brought him in from Ajax obviously he's he's not going to be there for a rebuild is he? I think at, at the time they brought him in they were probably hoping that his experience could maybe help them stay up but that chip is probably yeah, what, what, yeah he retires at the was, end of the season yeah what the thought was he's gonna have like a Zlatan effect maybe so obviously yeah. he had a rebuild off um, three games he only scored one goal so yeah, it's, it's it's probably not going to work out. So, and then I, I had a look at their squad and their stats, and their top scorer this season is Matthew Hopp, the American, with five goals, and he got three of them in the game that they beat Hoffenheim four 0 So he's only scored two goals in the rest of the season, and it's uh, you know it's just not a talented squad. I think a, a couple of years ago they had some really really nice players. I mean, at the moment they've got I mean Harrit. To be honest with you guys, I think they should sell to uh, provide the funds for uh, you know the transfers that they're going to do in the summer. But the one suggestion I've got straight away, and, and in my mind, it's about getting goals. Again, potentially unrealistic. And if a Mönchengladbach fan is listening, he might be telling me that's never going to happen. But I looked at the profile of the club, the fact that they're going to get a new manager uh, after Rosa leaves, and the fact that this guy is 32 years old. It's Lars Stindl. He's got 11 goals in the Bundesliga this season, so obviously he can still do it at the top level. Maybe a step down for him. He'd be thinking, well, why? I'm, I'm still clearly a, a Bundesliga player. But if you wanted to go uh, Schalke, I think he would absolutely tear it apart in the second division. He'd probably get close to 20, 25 goals and uh, probably be one of uh, Schalke's key pieces to getting promoted. So I don't know what you guys think of Stindl. Is that a realistic uh, aim for, for Schalke or should they aim lower? I think I've got another option if you wanted to bring in a striker, if I'm honest with you. We could probably fit Schalke's mold, mold as well. Who is that, sorry? Uh, Bastos. He's played in Germany. He's playing Club Bruges right now. Five goals, seven games. Clinical. Where can you go wrong? Is that Michel Bastos, a really old player, or is it a different guy? Um, yeah. It's, well, he's he's in his thirties. He's thirty-one. You mean Bastos so, from Frankfurt? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, he's, he's at Club Bruges now. Oh, sorry. Did you say Bastos? I thought you said yeah. Bastos, like B-A-S-T-O-S. No, Dost. sorry. My mind was thinking. It's about, all right. Yeah, it's all right. No, Bastos. Yeah, no, it, that's definitely a good shout. I mean, he's he's sort of a bit of a journeyman, isn't he? He's always constantly going between Germany, Netherlands, and um, I think uh, he had a stint in Portugal as well, right? The one he used to have a sporting yeah. club. 84 yeah. goals, I mean, 84 games, 76 goals in sporting. Uh, Frankfurt, uh, 36 games, 12 goals. So he, he knows where the goal is. He's not going to miss. So, you know, I think he'd be a good shout if you wanted to go for a striking option. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to be honest, you, that profile of player probably is more realistic than mine because my my player is probably going to take a step down. But uh, yeah, he would be taking a step down in second division. But you're right; maybe the profile 
is more suitable. I mean, I don't know, Qudama, if you had any players lined up that you think would help them get promoted. Uh, yeah, so as for a striker, I thought maybe um, Mandzukic, who's at AC Milan and just seems a bit out of favour. He feels like a kind of player that's kind of done at the top level. Maybe they can persuade him. I don't know what wages he'd be looking for, but you know, if, if they can convince him in the project and they can maybe use his experience. And I think he's probably still good enough to hack it in the second Bundesliga. So that's one suggestion for you know for firepower up top. But also for, you know, they're a team that's leaking goals left, right and centre. So you'd want to shore up the defences as best as you can. Um, Ramiro Funes Mori, don't know if you guys remember his days in the Premier League. <laughs> that's good, man. <laughs> um, the, 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 the guy who's like destroyed Origi, you know, Origi, like, you know, you know, slapped Everton left, right and centre. He went, OK, take out Origi and he starts kissing the Everton badge. What a scumbag. I didn't think you'd take well to that, man. you know, former Everton man and whatnot, but. Man, he's a piece of <laughs> shit here, man. I don't like that be guy. That, be you, know that, I mean? you know, like... Um... Let, let him burn. I wouldn't even want to piss on the guy, let's be honest. Jeez. You know, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just tell you how it is, man. He is a fucking cunt. <laughs> well... Right, okay, okay. Uh, let's let's go for a different defender. So I'll tell you what I suggested. He's experienced, right? you know, like he's got Premier League experience internationally. Ah, he's, he's, he's probably cheaper than a hooker, but he still ain't going to be good, let's Why be not? honest. Why not? Jeez, I think he's on, only man. 31, you know, I feel like he could do do a job for Schalke still. Man, would Schalke want to take that guy? <laughs> why not? Oh, man. Well, well, why would you want to take a scumbag? Well, that's, that's subjective. I don't know. Well, to be fair, it depends who's who's in control of Schalke. They did take the... The dummy duo of Mustafi and freaking Kalazanac again. So I yeah. don't know. Um, well, Mustafi's Schalke, a player Schalke, again. Is what it? if I asked an Everton fan? They'd so, say he's a great guy. Hello? Man, man, look, look. Everton just a B-Tech Liverpool. It's all good. You know, and doubt, right? Just shut up, right? I don't know. Like, we haven't heard from I'm being very impartial here, monkeys, okay? I'm not saying, right? I'm not saying, you know, Everton are better, Everton are good. I'm just saying, you know, why not? Well, 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 why? Like, I don't think he's me really good enough. Why? Like, I, I he's think, not good I think he's definitely Schalke. good enough for Bundesliga. Um, the Bundesliga two. Actually, I, I where is that scumbag right now? The where Villarreal. He he's at Emery's Villarreal. Man, what another joke! You got, you got a vampire Emery. Good evening. But <laughs> never mind. Let me suggest the defender, which I, which what you call it, I thought of. Uh, this guy was a bit of a meme a couple of years ago. Um, he used to play for Galatas right? He faked an injury, went on holiday with his girlfriend, um, got released by Galatasaray, and he's playing at Fenerbahce right now, uh, Sidar Aziz. Um, quality player, he's got European experience. Schalke could probably get him on a cheap because he's got a year remaining on his contract. And there is another player which is a dream move for me, but I'd like to see Mario Goethe at Schalke. I don't think it'll happen. But it's very ambitious. I'd lo- I'd love to see that. But would he do that after his uh, his Dortmund history, though? I don't. The thing is, sometimes I like it. You know, sometimes I like to see you know someone be so loyal at a club and be like, you know what, fuck you, I'm gonna go to Schalke. I'd I'd like to see a person he's speaking to be good. And he's that's a the thing that's happening with Aguero. He was linked with um, United, and then. Uh... Ollie came out and said, "No, we don't. I don't like players who play for one team for so long and then switch allegiances." Uh, while having a, a cheeky dig at Tevez and um, Schmeichel as well in the past. Yeah, but yeah, about, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is in in Germany. If if that that uh, reigns a lot more truer 
especially with the fans as well. Well, look, uh, Goethe's went to buy Munich from Dortmund. You know, buying them Dortmund to say there's a rivalry there. That's right, right. A passage to... nowadays. That you know, we've we've talked about this as well. I just I find that very odd. But it's a right. Yeah, passage. yeah, but I don't know. I'd like to see it. You know, then you know, Goethe helps Schalke get to the Bundesliga, and there's a Riviera derby going. And oh man, it'd be great. Imagine 2023 when when the fans are back in full on, right? In a derby like that, and Goethe uh, scoring a winner. Yeah, I find oh, that I find that very yeah. difficult to see. Like Jeff said, you know, he, he's a. He, That's why I said it's, it's not just that; it's unrealistic. I feel like he's a Dortmund player through and through. Like it's one thing for a manager like Terzic to switch businesses when he's got no real, you know, tie to the club as much as a player like that who's come through there. I'm pretty sure he came through the academy, didn't he? So. Uh, yeah, he did, but he played for Bayern Munich. Yeah, it's true, but so, that's, well, it's not the same. If anything, and also, I feel like if anything, I feel like from the era of the Vise, so. I mean, he's doing well for PSV as far as I, as far from what I've seen. The thing is about uh, Goethe as well is that he already upset the Dortmund fans by going to Bayern. I think if he goes to Schalke, I don't think he'll ever be safe in Gelsenkirchen or the general Dortmund area ever again. <laughs> oh, like, I'd yeah. love it, man. I would like, love it. What, what is the... Um, I mean... Like Kevin Keegan said, I'd love that, man. Come on. Yeah. Let's see Goethe think it'll be, it'll be too much of a... I mean, to be honest, Goethe might even be a bit... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say he's finished as a player, but he's definitely not what he once was, so... Maybe the Dortmund fans won't even mind to see like a, a finished version of Goethe just sort of doing his thing with Schalke as well. Um, so it, it is definitely a potential transfer for them. And what you were talking about before, Daud, about um, a player who's had a long-standing association with the club and then going to their rivals. But what about Man City legend uh, Frank Lampard, bro? It worked out with him. <laughs> That's class. That's come back. We're talking about him as well. I, I mean, I be fair, Owen Hargreaves as well. Like he he played for United for ages, and then he did this. Uh, YouTube montage of him training and then gets into the City team. I, I know it, it leaves a bit of a weird taste, and you don't know how you feel about the player again when he when he I comes think... on to like the as a pundit and talks about as he's a United fan. Personally, I'm with Oli in this, and I I I I'm, you know I I think if you if you play for for one team and you you pledge your allegiance to them, you know, meaning a couple of more years or right. you were born there, I I wouldn't. I, I just I, I don't, it feels funny I'll, I'll that just, to play for the other team right. for your rivals. I I just want to make, make make this point right. You say that, but then you also say you want the English clubs to do well in the Champions League. Or that's like, not bro. That's not even his worst defense. He's preaching about loyalty. Like, He's preaching about loyalty, and he doesn't even support his hometown team. I think that's the uh, one. <laughs> no, no. So so I, I would never. I would. I, I you, you know. I would never oh, uh, play for um, Sunderland. I would never play for the Mackhams. Yeah, say uh, you know, I I I can't even think of anything worse. If I saw, well, you went to university, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the university is a bit of a different story. I'm talking about the club. I'm talking about the football club. But yeah, it, it I I wouldn't play for them um, because just because of my my association with Newcastle and your lack of ability. No, but you're saying is, yeah, you're saying Newcastle. Obviously, yeah, the lack of <laughs> thanks, <laughs> Doubt. You need to remember, years ago there was a rivalry between Newcastle United and Manchester United. The fans didn't like each other one bit. No, nah, that's different. That's, that's a rivalry, like... not a derby. You know, like a local derby. That was, that was a rivalry yeah, because but, of, but... Of, of where the teams were um, in in the table. They were actually, you know, direct opposition to actually becoming in, uh, to the top two. Whereas now it's it's it, it's you know it's not there anymore because they're they're too far apart at the moment. I do hope to see them come back up. No, but my point was before was you're saying 
there's likely this and that, but then you're saying you want English clubs to do well in the Champions there's, League. There's deep-rooted so, loyalty. I, I, no, no, deep I, 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 loyalty. No, I don't get that. Like, like the Tyneside Derby, right? I, I grew up in Newcastle. No, 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 no. And the I'm worst thing you could this. ever I'm, be called... No, 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 I'm it, not talking forget about Forget your, your mama jokes. Forget any other thing like that, right? The worst thing you could be called was, you're, uh, you're a Mackham. I, I went, I remember... Why are you trying to deflect the question? I remember... No, no, I'm saying it's deep-rooted. It's deep-rooted. This type of rivalry is deep-rooted. It's within... It's within how, how people are grew, They grew don't need to be mentioned. <laughs> Why mention them? I'm talking about... You're That's the fair. type of person to talk about loyalty. Then you're talking about... Oh, I want English clubs to do well in the chat music. I, I don't get that logic. Well, right. that, that's probably just a you know uh, that, that logic does a, not make sense. A at nationalistic all. thing, like you know, I, I like I like to see English teams do better than other European teams. Oh, right, I don't now, know. That's... What I would say is, before this turns into a whole new episode, I'm just going to dial it back to the Schalke discussion. <laughs> so, when I'm looking at the league table now, they're 13 points off that relegation playoff spot, 15 points off safety. There's eight games to go. Um, it's not going to happen. But the how, no. in terms of how to fix Schalke, if Dimitros Gromosis decides to win those matches and stay up, he's done it. And he deserves like a lifetime contract with the club. Even like when he's old and doesn't even know what a football is, just keep paying him. Because the like that would be the most insane achievement in football. You think? Probably. You think? Do you not think uh, Claudio yeah. Ranieri's Leicester winning the Premier League is one of those moments compared to what... What this guy well, would do for if, Schalke. If, if, if Schalke stay up, then I would love for that discussion to happen, not just on this podcast, but everywhere, because you're right, it'll be a comparable sort of miracle. Uh, it'd be similar to Nigel Pearson, not, not running area, I wouldn't compare to that. Uh, but, but yeah, all right, I'm, Ali. I'm talking out of hope, really, because I, I do have a. I'm, I'm not quite as much of a fan of Schalke as uh, Ali is, but I do quite like them as a club, to be honest. I, I think uh, I think it's a just a natural cycle. It, it, they have to go down, reset everything, and come back and learn from their mistakes. And uh, you know, sometimes you have to just accept that. I disagree. As a fan. Um, I don't agree. With you. No, no, I, I disagree. With that. Well, you guys are speaking from a privileged position of you know sporting big clubs, and I don't mean to like you know belittle your opinion, but relegation is a very ah, it's a very fired. fearful thing as a club. Like, there's no guarantee in football that you will bounce back straight away. You know, it's not just I'm going to be yeah. there reset. This has happened in Germany more than once, or. It's happened Jimmy Moore once. You're okay. Kaiser Slouten, Stuttgart were in what's called a Bundesliga. That's, like, that's they're, a, they're still the no guarantee. You know, There's still no guarantee. You know, Hamburg, I'm pretty sure Hamburg would It can happen to a thousand before. million clubs, you know, man. It's no guarantee that yours will come back straight away. Like, I don't think Schalke fans will be looking at this with as much optimism as you might think, like, to see their team go down. They're not just going to be assuming they're going to dust themselves off, like, and, and you know, come, again, like, come at it again. You know what I mean? It's a. It's a sad day for the club, man. Like it's and for the fans. Yeah, I think, uh, like we covered before, I think if their financial standing was just a little bit healthier, then I'd feel a bit more optimistic. But I really think that the the way that things are going and the the lack of leadership and the lack of good decision making, it's just it's it's going to be such a huge uh, summer for the club. So we'll watch it with keen interest. And why I actually do, uh, I'm thinking of doing maybe as a secondary episode about them, maybe uh, like f- three or four weeks into the new season next year, see how they're getting on and see what sort of things they did over the summer. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to conclude it there, lads. It was a really enjoyable discussion. I feel like just by doing this episode, I learned more about the Bundesliga and Schalke in general. So I was quite glad uh, to pick this one as a topic. And doubt as always, I'd like you to, to wrap us up with the promotions there. Yeah, thanks, guys, for this week. Just as normal, our YouTube channel, The Dressing Room, where we upload videos of our uh, podcast. Uh, not formally yet in terms of seeing our faces, but hopefully in the future. We've got a Facebook group as well, The Dressing Room where we post our latest updates on what's happening with the episodes. 
and also things that you know all of us are concerned about and so yeah thanks guys for the this week and um see you later guys thank you yeah, brilliant see you later bye